Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Will this be Dirk Cutter's last game? And we look back at the best and worst of the Buck season on this edition of the Rick and Tom podcast. It's a football Friday, our last football Friday of the 2017 season. Hey, everybody, Tom Jones, Rick Straub, Tampa Bay Times. Steve Versnick is our producer. Bucks' final game Sunday against the New Orleans Saints means nothing uh, to the Bucks other than draft positioning. Oh, and maybe uh, Dirk Cutter's future as well. It means a whole lot to the Saints, by the way. Let's start there, though, Rick. What does this game, if anything, mean for Dirk Cutter? Is he a dead man walking? Is he still fighting for his job? How do you think this last game impacts what happens with Dirk Cutter? I just think of the uh, old Lang Syne song right now. <laughs> I mean, it's fitting, right, to the end of the season. Um, you know, I, I just go on the mood of the coaching staff and, you know, some of the people I've talked to over there. Nobody thinks they're coming back. <laughs> really? Yeah, you very, get that vibe. Very, few, very few. And, and the thing about it is is that they're all professional about it. You know, Mike Smith's been in the league forever. And I'm not saying I talked specifically to Mike Smith about this. but right. But in general – they get it. They're like, you know, if they fire us, I understand. I do. They all to a man. They're like, yeah, and we didn't win enough games. It's a shame. We just didn't win enough games. And yet, they're all hoping, you know, that there's a silver lining, and you know, maybe, maybe continuity will, will somehow like, you know, strike the Glazers on the head and say, well, I mean, you know, he had a good year last year. We we believed him then, and it. You know, he's the same coach, and then some things happen, and now all of a sudden we don't believe in the guy. But in general, the expectations, Tom, yeah. the ramped up, truly believable, dyed in the wool and the fiber of your being expectations that I think all the Glazers had, um, maybe artificially inseminated by <laughs> hard knocks or what have you. But I, I really do believe that it's such a disappointment, it's such a profound disappointment, and Dirk Cutter not having the resume as a head coach. I mean, he coached at Arizona State before this. I just think I think there'll be a change. It just feels that way. And I I don't think that necessarily Jason Light goes as well. Um but I, I don't know how you I don't know how they I don't know how they stop this. No, I agree, Rick, with a four and twelve record, it's hard to overlook that. But I wonder how much this and I and I do get the same sense as you, Rick, when we talk to Dirk Cutter after games and you talk to him a little bit more than I do because you talk to him throughout the week as well. And there does seem to be this resignation in their voices and That's just a good the way word. they act. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that impacts the Glazers' decision at all. Because Rick, you remember not, you know, they've they've fired guys in the past who were defiant that they shouldn't have oh, been fired. Yeah. I remember Greg Sciano the day oh, yeah. after he got fired. He was he was angry and thought he got screwed over. And mm-hmm. Lovey Smith probably more so than Greg Sciano well, yeah, when he got it. That was for a lot of people, yeah. Right. Now, like, like Raheem Morris couldn't have been stunned at all that he when no. he got fired. No, but I I'm told telling Raheem. you, I, yeah, right. <laughs> I but, I mean, I, everybody knew that was coming. He lost 10 yeah. in a row, and they were awful. But I look back, Rick, remember Sciano, like those guys were still, Sciano and Lovey were both stunned that they got fired and were mad about it. You don't get the sense that, 
You're right that Dirk would be mad about it. now maybe. Oh, he'd be disappointed, profoundly disappointed. disappointed. Yeah, and, but and, I, yeah, and, I don't think he'd probably feel like he got screwed over. Yeah, right? probably a little angry. I mean, I think he understands the business in that it's a bottom line business, and they they're they're four and twelve or five and eleven, and that's not good enough. I mean, he gets that, you know, just you know, in his head. I mean, that's the business he knows is a bottom line business. But when you sign a five year deal, when you brought this quarterback as an offense coordinator, as a rookie, to year three, and things happened the way they did this year. And a year ago, Tom, think about that. A year ago, this guy was the toast of the town. You know, they missed the playoffs by the third tiebreaker. They won nine games. They won five in a row. Um, he was the godfather. You know, he was all these yeah, things. Yeah. And and just a year later, nah, pack it up. And the, the man still has three years left on his contract. Not that that ever stopped a Glazer from firing somebody. Sure. But at the end of the day, it's like, man, you, you pulled the tablecloth off awfully fast here. I mean, it's like, you know, 10 minutes ago, he was, he was you know, the greatest thing on earth. And, and it's just stunning in a way just how, how things in this league sort of evaporate for you. And, and yet, you know, I talked to Sean Payton today, and, and, and you know, Sean has a Super Bowl ring and – you know all this great resume, and yet the last two years he went seven and nine, seven and nine. Well, look at them now. They started zero and two, and everybody had them running out of town. Sure, they're going to win the FC South. And then you have, you know, examples of Ron Rivera. His first two years, six and ten, seven and nine. They wanted to run him out on a rail. He had the number one overall pick, and they didn't win. And they and you know Jerry Richardson kept him, and then boom, the next year they win the NFC South, and they win it the next two years after that. So. There is a there is a there is a case for continuity, and yet it doesn't exist in Tampa Bay, because the average length you know since they fired John Gruden is two point something years. Right. Here's the thing, Rick, and I wonder if this plays any impact at, at all in in what the Glazers end up doing, because for the last uh, you know several weeks the name John Gruden has kept coming up, and that's a guy as a possible replacement now. I agree with you. Look, uh, if this would have been 10 years ago, and we and you mentioned the examples of Ron Rivera and, and Sean Payton, if this had happened 10 years ago, maybe, maybe the Glazers stick with uh, with Dirk Cutter another year. It seems like teams are less patient these days with, with coaches. They want, mm-hmm. Yeah, now everybody wants to, wants to turn it over, and they think they should be able to go from, from four wins to 12 wins within a matter well, of a year or two. I mean, look, uh, you know, it doesn't help that Sean McVay did it. It doesn't right. help that... You know, they did it in Philadelphia. I mean, these are the things that play into that. Right. But you want, I wonder, Rick, because there there was this name out there that it got everybody thinking like, hmm, you know, Bucks might fire Dirk Cutter. I, I, look, I realize 4-12, it's hard to get past no matter who's out there. But I just wonder if this the, the idea that hmm, maybe we can go out and get John Gruden leads people to start thinking like, okay, let's fire this guy. And if we can't get Gruden, then we'll get somebody else, too. I just wonder if, if John Gruden hadn't been sitting there waiting almost right down the street, if there would be, I don't know, if Dirk would get a little more slack. Does that make sense to you? You know what I'm saying? It's like it's well, almost yeah. like we started thinking ahead three weeks ago or a month well, ago. Well, but here's, here's the thing I would say about that, okay? What's, what's, what made everything different about John? John Gruden's been out there for 10 years. John yes. Gruden's been a guy that I'm sure they put out fillers, you know, before they hired Graciano and others. Why is this different? Like, what? It's not like you know, cable TV is going away. Uh, ESPN's laying people up. It's, no one said that he's going to lose his job or make less money or any of that. So why, all of a sudden, is John Gruden 
like a real thing. Like, oh, no, this is the one. This is what he's been waiting for. He's coming out. This could be it. And the, the only answer, answer is, to that could be, go ahead, I'll let you say it. I what I'm going to say gonna is. Say the same thing, yeah. Yeah, they put him in the ring of honor. Well, see, I'm going to say that. I, well, this is what I'm, of, listen, listen. The whole decision to put him in the ring of honor, which I'm not saying is undeserved. Yeah. But had it been Tony Dungy first instead, let's say they went chronological, there's not which all this buildup. There's not all these stories. There's not all this, you know, interviewing and, and you know, running up to John. And, and here's the other thing that happened when they did that. The, the bridges were mended, right? Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the, 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 like everybody buried the hatchet. They honored him. Um, they remembered the Super Bowl. It became nostalgic. It was Camelot all of a sudden. And John just sat there and soaked it all in. And I think, I think that, as much as anything, made this year different than all the other years. You know? I, yeah, I could see that. I also think there's a part of it that John Gruden hasn't done a whole lot to snuff out these rumors. Not that he, he ever, ever has. But he never will or never has. Right. Right. And I understand that because you're, he likes it's to leverage, be, man. He likes to be flirted with. And yeah, sure. and it's leverage for whatever, either for another job or for to get for a, another raise at, at ESPN. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, but as far as dirt goes, though, Rick, I just look. I'm with you. At four and twelve, it's hard to get by that. I don't. There's somewhere deep down inside me, and I, I don't know why I feel this way. I wouldn't have a problem if they brought him back. I think he's. I don't think this is his fault. I think they have some issues on defense now. Would I think that he should give up the play calling? Some people suggested that. I don't necessarily agree with that either. If, I mean, that's the whole point. He's here. You know, he's a play caller. That's what he is. Um, but. I, I, I wouldn't have a huge problem if they brought him back. And I, and, and, um, I don't know who well, else they would get if they don't get John Gruden, if they have that, if there's a plan B in mind. Well, there's um, always a coach, first of all. There's always a coach. I mean, Sean McVay wasn't at the top of a lot of people's list, but, you know, here he is with the Rams and he wins the AFC. Um, right. you know, he Doug was on Peterson, a lot of people question whether Doug Peterson yeah, should be the head coach in Philly. It was yeah. an extension of, of Andy Reid. Didn't really right. call the plays. Andy called him. He goes to Philly and boom. So there's always, you know, this theory that, well, who do they get? There's always somebody. It's just you got to get the right somebody, you know. And um, as far as, you know, as far as Dirk goes, here's the danger with with keeping him if you're the Buccaneers. And it might be the right decision from a football standpoint because you're right. Like, I'm sorry, but was Dirk supposed to produce somebody that could rush the passer after Noah Spence went down? I mean, was there somebody on the roster that was going to do that because – you know, Robert Ayers has two sacks, and he was their big starter on the other side of the defensive line. You know, hell, they let go of George Johnson, who went to Detroit, who got cut there, and George Johnson is coming to town this week with two and a half sacks. Uh, that would be second among defensive ends on the Bucks <laughs> right now. And he just got them like a week ago. So, I mean, it's absurd, you know, just how bad they are at, at getting after the quarterback. And then we can talk about the secondary and we can talk about, you know, but the, at the end of the day, Tom, seven, six out of the last seven games they played are one score games. Mm-hmm. One score. The last three weeks, they've lost by less than a touchdown in each game. Right. You know, now, so, the, now some people will argue that that's the NFL. If you look around well, the NFL, it is, it is the NFL, but I can go, and, and you can, you can go to any team and take three plays away here, sure. two plays away there, and the record is reversed. But my point is, is that, and I wrote a column about this, is that you know, people get tired of, well, they're playing hard. Well, good for them. La-di-da. 
they're look at the effort. It's great. Right. But you know what? I've covered teams where, you know, Dirk Cutter's lost a lot of games. He has not lost that locker room. Those guys play hard. Those guys are are are, you know, fighting like crazy to try to win each game. They're just not winning them. Um and to me, like, you know, when Raheem Morris, and I like Raheem a lot. He's, you know, I consider him a, a pretty good friend. But when they lost 10 games in a row, the average score was 35 to 17. Yeah. Average score. Right. And those guys made business decisions <laughs> the last three or four weeks. That's not happening. And so to me, it's not like, well, that's it. He's lost his team. No one's listening to him. They want him out of here. They know it's just he's a dead man walking. That's not the case with Dirk. They respect him. They respect Mike Smith. Now, you know, is there reasons? Have they been great? Have those guys, you know, performed as well as you wanted them to? No. I mean, it's it's definitely a letdown. They they did not get the job done. That's that's no doubt. The results are what they are. But were there circumstances? Are they bad coaches? No. Are they bad guys? No. Does the team not respond to them? No. And so there's a lot of reasons why, aside from the record, which is the biggest reason he's gonna, he may get fired, you know, there's a lot of reasons what you say, well, we liked him a year ago. Right. We liked Mike Smith enough to sign him to a three or a multi-year deal that pays him like a head coach. I mean, were we wrong then or are we wrong now? I think we talked about this on a previous podcast, Rick. The the one thing that might drive the Glazers in all this is they they'll go four and twelve, and they don't do anything. And there's a disconnect somewhere, and they start and off start next out year one, one and, and three, three, one and four, and yeah. then you're like, why didn't we make a move? Yeah. And, and now well, next season's gone because right. you start off one and three or one and four. Um, that's right. I, and I and I don't know. Again, I don't know that it's that it's their fault. Here's the other thing too, Rick. I think you can justify a firing at this point because you look at the record. You start there. Look at well, I the know record. They were not the, yeah. the record's going to be off. It's going to be four and twelve, which was late, way below expectation. Four, five and eleven, but yeah, right or five and eleven. But there's going to be some other factors in there, well as well that that people could if you're if you're making a list and say, okay, why why did he get fired? You say, well, he went five and eleven, or he went four and twelve, whatever their record is. Uh, Jameis keeps turning the football over. They didn't fix. He didn't fix that. And then, rightly or wrongly, Rick, and whether this is fair or unfair or whatever, this will be part of the narrative. Is that is that there's a, the rumors out there that him and Jameis don't get along. Whether that's true or not, I don't mm-hmm. know. There was the incident in the locker room the the other day, which on one hand looks great when Jameis is standing up for his for his team and showing competitiveness, but there's a there's a fight in the locker room. It's a fight. Yeah. It's that's yeah. not a good thing, you know, um, and. Those things too. You start piling those things on uh, up, and and it leads to a good, that's how guys get fired. You know, bad records with with problems in the locker room. You know, like yeah. I said, rightly or wrongly. And I say that's perception because reality is is that you know there's a reason. And Dirk said it. There's a reason why there's a ten minute cooling off period because those outbursts do happen a lot. We just don't hear about them. It happened sure. to be on radio. You know, radio picked it up. They went in early before we did. And that's sort of how we pieced it together. And, but. and let me interrupt you real quick. Just that we, we saw a year ago what Antonio Brown was doing Facebook Live in the locker room while Mike Tomlin was talking. That's and that right. got swept under the rug really quickly. Why? Because. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Pittsburgh wins football games, you know. <laughs> Nobody was sitting there saying Antonio Brown's well, a bad guy or whatever. No, but Mike Tomlin wasn't real damn happy about it. I can tell you no. that. No, and it, you but it, it, you know, it didn't become a major story for you know weeks on end, and we're getting, no. you know, Chris. It didn't turn into like An- Antonio Brown's a bad guy, like like people are saying about Chris Baker. These well, days. but it, and, and Chris Baker had it coming, as far as I'm concerned, and you know, from uh, talking to people at one buck place, they're like, yeah, that's great that these players decided to finally jump his butt, but you know what would have been really nice if you'd have done that in training camp because now it's too late. Right. They feel like no one held him accountable inside the locker room. I mean. You know, and this is the thing about about teams in general and NFL teams in particular is that, you know, the best teams are led from the locker room. They're not led by the coaches. Coaches put you in a position. It's like Dirk Cutter has told me many times, like, look, I don't know how to play quarterback in the NFL. I never did it. I never played quarterback. You know, James, James knows more about it than I do because he's actually out there doing it. And, you know, so, I, I you know, I just think that, that stuff happens sometimes after games, and it's not necessarily. I mean, Dirk was in the shower at that point. It's not a, a right. reflection on him per se, but it doesn't help. You're right; it's perception. And when you have the biggest thing is, and I was listening to Tony Gonzalez on one of those FS1 shows, and of course Jason Woodlock and those guys. And Gonzalez was like, you know, my thing is, are you out of your mind, Jameis Winston? Like, have you <laughs> lost your mind? And there's a lot of bad optics from this year too and James there's so much on him and he's taking a hit so I don't know man it's 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 just been a bad year and it's a hard thing to come back from if you're Dirk because there's like I said there's just not a lot there there right right Uh, another story broke on um, what Wednesday Rick um, Mm -hmm. and we haven't talked a whole lot about it was the Deshaun Jackson story apparently there was his car where a car registered to him he wasn't in the car apparently uh, it was somebody that he had loaned out the car to, um, was had an accident, and it turned out to be a uh, marijuana in a car and some hollow tip bullets. Which again, it's not a good look, and we're not really sure what Deshaun's involvement was. And not not to that this has anything to do with how he's played this season, though, Rick. But you, you talked a little bit about the other day to Dirk Cutter about Deshaun and his role this year. Really didn't work out the way they thought it would. Probably not the, the way Deshaun thought it would. Is this something that's going to be a concern moving forward, or can, is Deshaun still a big part of this football team moving forward? Well, I, I think they intend him to be. I mean, Dirk said um, to me that, you know, we didn't do a very good job. I mean, he brings rare speed and explosive playmaking ability, and we just couldn't get him the ball down the field. Like, that's on us. That's not on him. So I still think they value his skills and that what he brings. Um, so on the field, I would say, you know, they, they'd like like to have him back and try it again. But now this off-the-field thing, this is wacky. It's a wacky story, man. Yeah. I mean, Deshaun, Deshaun was injured. He didn't go with them to Carolina. Uh, I believe he went to the West Coast, but he was back by Sunday when he was notified by authorities that his car, which he said he lent out to a friend, um, had had been involved in a one-car accident, and six grams of marijuana was found in two hollow-point bullets. Now, I don't know about you, but when I lend my car out, um, I'm usually like, yo, um, try not to wreck it at the IP or run into something. And 
if you don't mind, no pot or hollow point bullets tonight, please. Yeah, it's not, it's, because I mean, yeah, look, it's, it's just a, good, a weird. It's a bad deal, right? It's a it's sure. a bad it's a bad optic. And let me tell you, I mean, you know, they're still investigating this thing. I think Deshaun will probably lawyer up, and and I know Deshaun, and I'm, I'm actually a pretty big fan of his, and so I'm hoping for him that. And when I say fan, I don't mean it in the sense. No, I know, I, no, I know. What you I mean. know like, him personally, so yeah, you, yeah, you know, I've known him since he was a rookie, and there's sure. a business relationship with my wife and whatever. But the the point is, is that I'd hate to see um, him get wrapped up in something. And I know this: the the police are still investigating it. Um, no one has been charged. He has not been charged. The Bucks have heard his story. Um, but you know what? Funny thing about malls and places, they have a lot of surveillance cameras, mm-hmm. and you know. Somewhere on that one of those angles, there's going to be a car that runs into something, and they may or may not be able to figure out who comes out of it. So, you know, I have no reason to doubt him. He wasn't. I think he did go to the West Coast for a while. He was back. They they brought him in. They you know the Bucks say he's being cooperative. So hopefully it's just that that he lent his car and some knucklehead, you know, hit something with it. But it's it's just not it's not what you want. And you take him. And you take Baker, right? Two free agents yeah. from Washington, and in the last week, these are the headlines. It's not been a great season for Deshaun Jackson if on both sides. I, I would, I would think that I don't think the Bucks regret signing him. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Deshaun Jackson regrets signing with oh, Tampa no. Bay. Oh no, let me let me take that one. Hell yes, <laughs> hell to the yes. Yeah. You know what his other option was? And I'm just spitballing here, going back to Philly. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he would have gotten less money. Because if the Bucks paid him a couple dollars more, that's why he's here. But you know, yeah. number one seed in the NFC versus you know going home early, I think he would have taken Philly. Rick, when you look back at this season, what 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 stands out as the some of the good things that you saw this year? I mean, what if you're if you're the Glazers and you're saying, okay, this isn't a total train wreck. We have some things we can build upon. What do you see as sort of being the the positives of of what happened in 2017? Well, I mean, look, uh, you know, they had some young players, I thought, you know, a hell of a draft class, to be honest with you. I mean, look, if you look at O.J. Howard, who, you know, kind of started slow but shows all the upside in the world um, as a receiver, um, you know, six touchdowns, I think that that ties the most among rookies in the NFL. He's not going to play his last two games, so he could have had, you know, maybe eight or so, you know, you got Justin Evans comes in here and starts at free safety and has tremendous range and I think had three interceptions before he got hurt and ended up on IR. So, you know, Beckwith, Kendall Beckwith played huge roles when they had linebackers in and out. I think they did a nice job in the draft, and I, and I think that's what stands out to me is that they got contributions from all these guys. This is a young, young football team. You do have your DeMar Dotsons and your Gerald McCoys and now Lamonte Davids getting up there. Um, but overall, it's it's predominantly a very young football team. So if I would say the upside, it would be the rookie class and the fact that there's some good young players that are in that. And I would include Jameis in that, in that mix. Yeah, you know, although the unfortunate part, Rick, is I was looking the other day, somebody, I'm trying to think it was either the Ringer or the Big Lead or one of those websites. It's just, look, it's just Internet fodder. I get it. But somebody was talking about there was – 
you know, maybe a, a decade ago, there were there was this group of young quarterbacks, guys like Peyton Manning and Drew Brees mm-hmm. and Tom Brady, and more like fifteen years ago, actually coming and aboard and and, yeah. and Roethlisberger and then and Eli and 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 everybody was wondering would we ever have another sort of generation of quarterbacks like that? Mm-hmm. And someone said, "Hey, this generation of young quarterbacks now, it, it's really all right." With, and they started naming guys. They named Jared Goff, Goff, and Carson, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. And, and, and Dak Prescott and Marcus no, Jameis Winston's name did not come up. Oh, it was it did not, not listed. It was they listed oh, okay. six or seven guys. Yeah, I've seen James. as low as eight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're at a real crossroads right now. And somebody said, "What? Who? What?" Somebody called him a fraud the other day. Was that uh, Jason Whitlock or somebody uh, mm-hmm. called him a fraud? And um, I don't think he's a fraud. I think he still has a bright future ahead of him. But it's it's interesting how yeah, a year ago certainly the the, the Ceiling seemed a lot higher for Jameis Winston. He's at a crossroads, Rick. Next year's a big deal. Next year's a big deal for well, him. Well, it's it's a it's a huge deal, and he might be on his third head coach, Tom. You know, which is not an easy thing. And you know what? And and we don't know where this suspension is going to go, and and what how that will affect him. I mean, he's been very good at you know sort of focusing on the task at hand. But you know, if you're told you can't start the year for some reason. Um, all this is going to damage him, and and um, it's good. You're right; it's a huge year next year for him, and I I I don't know if he's going to bounce back or what he'll be. All right, Rick. Before we get off the Bucks here, let's uh, give predictions about the Saints game. Actually, I actually have two questions asked, and I'll go first. Will uh, who wins the game on Sunday, and is it Dirk Cutter's last game as the head coach of the Bucks? I'm going to say that the Bucks do not win on Sunday. They lose again to the Saints. They end up the season four and twelve. That game means a little bit something to the Saints. Um, I think the Bucks are looking to get out of there. And I am going to stun you and say this is not Dirk Hutter's last game as head coach of the Bucks. I don't know why I'm saying this. I look at 4-12. and 12, I look at the Chris Baker situation, uh, the, maybe the relationship with Jameis Winston. There's a, there are a lot of bad optics here, as, it's, as a phrase we like to use. But I think he survives because I don't think they're, they're going to get John Gruden. So I'm going to say Bucks lose, but Dirk Hutter comes back. And I'm probably crazy for thinking that. <laughs> yeah, well, you're half right. Um, the Bucks, the Bucks probably will lose because you know it's a chance. It's one of those t-shirt and hat games where, you know, you can win the NFC South with a victory, and you know, and possibly get maybe a week off in the playoffs. I mean, this is New Orleans' year. They're going to win the division, I think, uh, which is amazing when you consider what the predictions would have been when oh, the no, year started. I, um, yeah, they were so, most last. People had yeah, them last. Er- Everybody, everybody has cycled through now. You know, it was Carolina, then it was Atlanta, then New Orleans. Oh, let's skip Tampa, and then it'll it, go back. You know, it's kind of like wait, wait. You know, you ever played a board game where, like, you know, playing Uno and it goes reverse. You know, and you, it's supposed to be your <laughs> like, turn. What am I go, no, 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 wait, wait. And you just stand there holding your cards. That's sort of where Tampa is right now. If I had um, told you before the season, Rick, that the last game of the season between the Bucs and the Saints will feature a team that's going to win the division. And a team that's going to lose the division going oh, four and yeah. twelve, I would have said, yeah. "Oh wow, Flip Bucks it. are going to win the division, huh?" Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So, so you're picking the my Saints prediction. To win. My prediction yeah. is the Saints, and I and I I think it'll be closer. Um, it'll be similar, sort of like what we've seen with Atlanta and Carolina. I think it's be a close game, um, but they got too much, and they're too motivated. And um, this is a different animal. Uh, you know, these guys are hot, and and they got a division championship at stake. So you will get their best punch. And probably Dirk's last game, you're thinking? Yeah, I think so. Uh, uh, again, you know, uh, in this league, things do surprise you both pro and con. Some guys, 
get fired that you there will be one coach that you won't see you know that that wow they, they yeah. fired him and then there'll be another one you go wow they stuck with him and <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's Dirk's fate but I I just don't know how you sell Tom and, and it really is a it really is a business so and he, and that goes with the guys in the locker room too you know like four and twelve um, winless in the division losing you know six, your last six games had another five game losing streak. I mean, all these things, worst team in, you know, in terms of sacks and, and on and on and on. I, I just don't know how you, how you just decide, yeah, let's, let's do that again. Right, right. Now, Before that's not to say they shouldn't, by the way. No, I, not, no, I'm, no I understand. I understand. There's no, a part we're of me. Predi- there's we're a real part of me. We're predicting what's going to happen, not yeah. saying, not endorsing it. It should or not. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Hey, before we go, Rick, there is one other football question that I have. Uh, somebody on Twitter reached out to us and asked us to give our thoughts on the Tampa Bay Storm, which shuts down after uh, they were, I think they broke into the Arena League in 1890. They were one of the first teams. No, actually, it was, it's been 30 years, though, something like that. Um, final thoughts on the Tampa Bay Storm and your boy, uh, Derek Brooks. And I... It's sad, and it, but it's. I think it was necessary, and you know, it was. I mean, the league has like four or five teams, and so it's not really a league, you know, to me. Yeah. Um, they're not. Hopefully, they'll happen. You know, they'll they'll reestablish it down the road if if the league ends up being better. But man, you think of all the championships, the Tim Markham, the Jay Gruden at quarterback, and then he goes over and coaches. Orlando. Didn't they take? Of, didn't somebody's name come out of the Ring of Honor because he signed with another team? I think that happened, and they had a guy. They put it in their ring. Of, Storm had a Ring of Honor or whatever, or retired mm-hmm. somebody's jersey, and then that guy came out of retirement and, and went to play for Orlando. So they took him out of the Ring of Honor. <laughs> See, it's stuff like that that makes the Arena Football great. League great. Tim Markham, yeah. that guy was a uh, walking was controversy, yeah. man. It was tremendous. So yeah. I actually I'm kind of sad. It was I did you ever get did you go to many storm games? I went to a handful. No, I went to very few and and it was bizarre to me just because, you know, everything seemed it was like football in a shoebox or something. It was weird. But um but you know, look Kurt Warner played arena ball, okay? Yeah. So there was value in it in, in on some levels and it's kind of sad, man. I mean, I I hate to see him do it, but I think that, you know, think about the expense, you know, traveling and that many teams and they just they just weren't making it if jeffrey venick says they need to <laughs> they need to cease operations you might want to listen well we have a busy weekend coming up uh, rick and i will both be over at raymond james stadium on sunday we'll do the podcast immediately following that even though it's new year's eve so we'll have that up and ready to go for you on new year's day and then typically we would take new year's day off but we have a feeling there's going to be some news coming mm. on new year's day so we will be yeah. back with you uh with regular Uh, scheduled podcast all of next week. Thanks for listening. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast. You can find us on Twitter, Rick Tom Podcast, NFL Shroud, Tom W. Jones. Thanks to our producer, Steve Verstick. And again, have a great weekend, everybody, and check us out. Sunday night, we'll be coming to you from Raymond James Stadium and the last Bucks game of 2017. Thanks for listening. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.